join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. Valerie Joy Wilson is a solo travel expert, travel host, and founder of the popular travel website, TrustedTravelGirl.com. As a full-time traveler, Valerie loves to venture off the beaten path, discover hidden gems only locals know about, and help women travel better. A self-proclaimed experienced junkie with no comfort zone, Valerie continues to scare her parents with her worldwide adventures. Valerie has been featured on BBC World News, CNN, Forbes, HuffPost, Fox News, and more. I really love learning how she got started as a solo traveler and what keeps her going back for more solo adventures. We also talked about traveling like a local, what that means to her, and how this mindset opens the doors to unique travel experiences. We break down a few tips for building your solo travel muscle and suggest a few great experiences for women just starting their solo travel journeys. I was smiling so much during this conversation, my cheeks hurt when we were done talking. I hope you love it too. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Valerie Wilson. Welcome to Soul of Travel, and I'm so excited today to be joined by Valerie Wilson, the trusted travel girl. And we connected, I think we've been talking about this conversation since January or maybe even before January. It was definitely at a point where we were like, who knows what we'll be doing all the way in May. Um, <laughs> so it was a long time ago and yet yesterday in, in the reality of time these days. But either way, so excited to have you joining me and to be able to talk about solo travel, which I think is a topic that is so exciting for my listeners to get a better understanding of. Um, so thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We put this on the calendar forever ago and then we had to just shift the date, but I was, I'm pretty proud of us for, for booking this like five months in advance and, and our travel schedules working out. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Obviously solo travel is my life. So I'm thrilled to chat with everyone. Thank you. Well, I wanted to one talk about, um, being a full-time traveler, which I think is something that people aspire to, or that you have kind of this dream life, right? A lot of us are like, how do I make that my reality? So you have, that's really exciting. What is even a full-time traveler? What does that mean? What does that mean for you? <laughs> Craziness. It means a lot of things. <laughs> Welcome to my like tiny little apartment. That's like always a mess <laughs> because whenever I actually am here, I'm like, packing and unpacking and clothes are exploding and things are being shifted around and it feels more like a storage unit. Um, so that's part of being a solo, or a full-time traveler. Um, and then, you know, it's just, it's like wearing a lot of hats. Um, so it, it's, it's like, sometimes I put my traveler hat on and then I have to put on, you know, the, all the, like the marketing hat and then the social media hat and then the photographer hat. So, um, as someone that's a content creator, I, I wear so many different hats. Um, so it's just kind of being flexible and, um, going with the flow. And I'd say it, it's so funny because recently I've had, um, 
I had a friend and I had my mom join me on like part of, part of my work trips. And they always know like what I'm doing before I do, because I think when you're a full-time traveler, you've got to take it like one step at a time where when I first started, I used to know like my whole itinerary and like, like 1 PM next Thursday, like we're going to do this exciting thing. And now I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing until, until it's like the next thing. Like if I have a work trip or something where they give me the itinerary, I'll like look at it obviously and absorb it, but I can't like, I have to live one moment at a time now because it's just like, otherwise you're, first of all, you're never in the moment, but second, then you're like, it's too many things, right? Like when you're constantly on the move. So it's funny because my friend would be like, she came with me up to Mendocino and she was like, oh, and like tomorrow we're doing this. And I was like, are we? You know, it's like one of those things where I was like, I, I, I only know what we're doing right now. And then I'm going to look and I'll see what we're doing next. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I'd say it's like, you know, there's constantly like so many like moving parts and you have to learn to be, um, just really flexible with everything. Like we all know that travel things don't always go perfectly and it's taught me a lot of patience. And, and so, um, it's constantly like living in that got to be flexible mode. Yeah. Even when you don't want to be. Yeah. I think, well, a lot of times I talk about how the gift of travel is allowing you to be present because you are kind of stuck within, not stuck, but like living within the space of like a current itinerary that you really don't get past those 10 days because they're somewhat irrelevant in that moment. So yeah, it's like capsulized for a lot of people. You yeah. Know? So it's interesting that you've even had to kind of like dial that down more to be able to just be in your moment experiencing it, especially to be able to share it then and create content. Because if you are already pushing yourself ahead a few days or a few weeks, you're going to miss the thing that you meant to be sharing in this moment. Right. And I'm constantly like, maybe I'm something really exciting that's coming up in a couple hours or the next day that like is the most exciting thing on the itinerary that I can't wait for. It's like, I'll know that. But at the same time, it's like, if I want to create the content, it's like, okay, did I get the photo? Did I get the Instagram story? Did I get the, did I get the video content? (laughs) Did I I say the thing? Did I introduce the place or did I just like totally forget and dive in? Because sometimes as a content creator, I do that too. Like, for, for the longest time when I started shooting video, I'd be like, okay, we're at the, da, 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 da. this is like the best pad thai in Bangkok. And like, da, da. and then the food would come and I'd be like in the moment and I'd forget to like ever. So like I'd create content that would never get shared because I never followed up and did the back end because as a traveler, you like want to be in the moment. So yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting balance. It is. I find that too, when I'm traveling somewhere, I'm like, okay, I know that for like my brochure or my website, I need these shots. I need to remember to ask the, the behind the scenes thing about this. And then all of a sudden you're doing that and you're like, wait, but I really wanted to enjoy this view. And then you enjoy the view and you're like, I forgot the picture. And it's, it's Uh hard to do all of those things at once. I don't know how you do that and do it. So I forget to like enjoy things all the time and you'll see me like run around and then I'll be like, Whoa, wait, wait, we're like, I'm about to leave. And I'm like, like, I need like two minutes. And I put everything down and I'm like, I just kind of like look at like the pretty view or whatever it is. Like when I was in Petra, I had it all to myself, but like, I was so busy getting content. I forgot to like, I sat there for a little bit, but I kind of forgot to like really sit there and just like soak it all in. I tried to, but it, it like I left and I was like, oh, I don't know if I enjoyed it enough. Like one of those yeah. things. Um, but actually, I think, didn't you interview Nikki Vargas? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. So she did something with me. This was her thing. Um, in, and she probably doesn't even know this ever stuck. Um, so this is funny. Uh, we'll have to share this with her later. But we were on a trip in Indonesia together years ago, like 2016. And um, we were in Borneo and she's like, okay. She's like, and this was some of the best writing I ever had after this, by the way. She's like, okay, close your eyes. And I was like, all right. She's like, all right, what do you, what do you feel? She's like, just don't say anything. But like, she's like, close your eyes. What do you feel? 
And then like, we'd sit there for a minute and I'd like kind of absorb my thoughts of that. And like, all right, what do you hear? What do you smell? Um, okay. Open your eyes. What do you see? And it was like, everything became like so vivid because we like stopped to like actually like absorb. And so like those memories and stuff, like they're very vivid when I think back of that time. So I've tried to do that. Um, I don't do it every trip, but like when I'm at like a big place, I always try to remember to like, okay. It's harder when, when you're doing it to yourself. Like it was so much easier when she was like guiding me through it. But, um, so I always try to take moments like that and just absorb the place that I'm in and appreciate it. And then the other thing I've started doing to appreciate places a little bit more is, especially if I've been there already, um, if I've already been to a place and I already have the shots, I bring like, I'll either leave my camera or I have this like little Sony. So instead of bringing like the beast around, <laughs> I like bring this little camera and, um, that way, if I want to get a shot and like really need, need to get it as a photographer, I can get it. But if I don't need to get any content and like, maybe I'm going back for something else, like I can just enjoy. So that's the other, um, the other tip. Like if you've already gotten the photos, like just leave the camera and just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, for those that are listening, um, Nikki Vargas is the editor of Unearth Women, which actually is how I learned about you was reading an article that she wrote for Unearth Women. And then I reached out to you. So that's kind of a happy uh, coincidence or mention. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> um, okay. Cause I didn't realize that. I thought we had connected a different yeah. way. <laughs> And then, yeah, um, she's, um, yeah, she's brilliant. She is brilliant. And if you guys haven't checked out on earth, like, please, do I so. agree. I, she's been on the, on soul of travel twice and I cherish those conversations. Um, and I was also thinking about if you ever travel just to travel, like, can you do that? And you mentioned like, if you've already been there, you don't bring your camera, can you just go somewhere and just be? That's a really good question. Um, Sometimes, sometimes like I'm, I'm going to Mexico for somebody's birthday in a couple of days. And I know I'm going to like, want to get one or two shots, but I'm like, I'm going to try to just turn everything off. <laughs> I don't know if I can, um, but like little moments. So I was just in Key West. I was working with Visit Florida, had like the best time, but I was running around like a crazy person, um, getting all the shots. And it felt like I kept running back and forth, back and forth to like, you know, I'd be here and then I'd have to be back over here and then I'd have to be back over here. And I just felt like crazy. And I got to the, I got to the Key West and I already knew like all the content I was going to write for the article. And I had like a couple hours where I was like, I'm just gonna, just gonna go. And I actually, my uncle's brother is like a performer at Sloppy Joe's. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go say hi. Like, we don't really know each other that well. But uh, my family was like, oh, make sure you say hi to Pete. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go say hi. I went to the bar and like hung out and then like went out and like did like the real like, you know, going out Key West thing. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't even take any photos. Like, I was so proud of myself. And yeah, so it's like little moments like that. Um, I'd say, but like when you're, when you only have like a day in a like iconic destination, I think it becomes impossible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I think it would be, you know, it's one of those things where this is kind of an idyllic fantasy dream life or whatever that people have, but because we only see, you know, what gets translated onto Instagram, we don't know all of the behind the scenes things and for people that want to have boundaries between your work life and your professional life, it's one of the most difficult because you're literally always traveling, right? No matter where you go, there's the possibility to see something that you want to share. And so to be able to shut that off would be much more difficult than if you, you know, you're an attorney or something, you're like, okay, I'm, I've left my office. I'm not going to need to like jump into attorney mode in the middle of this hike or whatever, you know, but for you, it's, it's, it's kind of a, you're always processing everything through that lens. And, and so that would be, would be challenging. Um, yeah. And it's like, I do have a dream job, but at the same time, it's like, 
I try to share, like, here's the thing. I always try to share the like crappy stuff too, because I just not like, I'm not negative, but like, I just try to be authentic. And sometimes we all wash over that because we want to share the good stuff and we want to get people excited about travel and a destination. But sometimes I'm just like, man, like this stupid thing happened. And like, you just like, it's so disingenuous if I don't share it. But where it gets complicated is when you're on, like, let's say you're working with a client and they're, and something doesn't go perfectly and it has nothing to do with them, but like, you just can't share it because you don't want, um, you don't want to like perceive like the trip as negative or something like that. So it's like that balance of like remaining authentic and like sharing all the little moments, including the ones that aren't perfect, as well as, um, you know, making sure that you are sharing like these destinations in the light that like they should be seen in, um, you know, because just because something happens in a place or it doesn't go perfectly or your flight's delayed, doesn't mean you shouldn't go to that destination. <laughs> so it's constantly like a juggling um, of, of everything. Um, I wanted to ask you how, like, how, how did you find travel or how did it find you and how did the trusted travel girl come to be? okay um well I guess I was always traveling like I so my parents you know like we traveled but we didn't really leave the country that much like we went to Mexico I remember actually one of my first like big favorite trips was QS so it's funny that I just got back from there um but like we so we do things and like we'd go away and my parents were always um, they were never like the, we're going to hang out at the pool kind of people. They were always doing like the more, like when we went to Playa del Carmen back, like before, way before it was cool. And like Tulum, when you didn't need a ticket to go to the ruins and things like that, like nobody had heard of these places basically. And we wouldn't like just sit at the all-inclusive like that wasn't something that they did they'd like take me to like go into town and like go experience this or that and um like even down to like hanging out like drinking like and stuff like they they found like a local like shack on the the beach and that's um I don't know if that's like instilled like the get off the beaten path like don't do the touristy thing or um or what but I always knew that like you could sit at a pool anywhere or a beach or whatever. So um, I'd say like that definitely had a lot to do with it. But I, yeah, I just like always had wandering feet. I like always remember like even at 18 being like, oh my God, I like, I've been home too long. I can't sit home like any longer. I've been home for three months. Like this is crazy or something like that. So I would like want to plan a trip or go somewhere. Um, but it really started, I went, um, I went to London and Paris for like a quick, it was like, I was gone for six days. It was like a four day trip, like three days in London and a day in Paris. And I was like, oh, like this is like, it was my first time like going solo on like kind of far away. And I was like, oh, this is, this is easy. This Paris thing, they don't speak, you know, like English isn't their first language, but like that wasn't hard. I expected that to be hard. And I was like, oh, all right. And it didn't seem like I got there and I was like, oh, it doesn't seem that far away. Like now that I'm here, you know, it's like, as you travel the, like the gaps kind of close. And, um, and then that was it. And I got really sick with Lyme disease and I was, um, like bedridden and, it was really terrible. And, um, after I started to get better, I was like, okay, I need to like live a life that like, I want, like, I need to go do things that I want to do. And I started traveling kind of rapidly because I kept being told like, oh, you're going to relapse. You'll be sick again. And when you do, you're going to be like too sick to function again. It's probably going to be worse. You're going to be better. And so I was like, all right, so now I have like what a limited time to see the world or like do all these like bucket list things. So I started traveling like as much as I could, like I went back to school, I did like a couple study abroads and then that just became like an addiction. (laughs) And um, all I wanted to do was get 
like as far off the beaten path when I went to these places as I could. And like, I was, you know, probably at this point, like watching Anthony Bourdain and, and Andrew Zimmern from Bizarre Foods. And all I wanted to do was like, do the off the grid thing that nobody else had done. And then that became an addiction. Um, and next thing I knew it was like, I was traveling solo all the time because I didn't have time to wait for other people. And like, you know, maybe there would be like a flight to the other side of the world for like $250 round trip. Like you can't wait on other people to like make a decision for things like that. And I was pretty broke at the time. So I was, you know, wherever there was a cheap flight was where I was going. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, it became like, I don't want other people coming and like joining, like it, it, it almost made it less special because I was like, I don't want to talk to other people. I want to talk to all the people I meet on the road. So, um, I think that's like when I went from like being a tourist, to like being a traveler. So, and then, yeah. And then trusted travel girl, that just like, I was, everybody's like, you need to be in travel. You need to be in travel. You need to be in travel. And I was like, well, I don't want to book other people's trips. So I don't want to be like a travel advisor or a travel agent. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I was like, I guess I'll just write what I know. And maybe, you know, the right thing will come along like opportunity meets preparation, I guess. And, and maybe the right up and it'll be like a resume. And then people started sharing my blog posts and I didn't even have my face on my website. I was like kind of embarrassed because I didn't know if I was going to stick with it. And then finally one day I was like, I just need to own it and um, started sharing things on Instagram. And it was like the train went rolling down the tracks faster than I could like keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. And I love how I was going to ask you how you got into solo travel, but I love that it was just like, I really don't want anyone else holding me back. Like if I can go, I want to say yes. And I do think that is part of what holds people back from traveling, especially women is that waiting on someone. If you wait on someone, you will wait forever. (laughs) You will be waiting until you're 90. So just go, you know, and, and like, I started to realize, so let's say you and I went somewhere, let's say we went to Paris. And we're sitting at a cafe. You and I are talking because we're eating together. We're hanging out. So now we're closed, kind of more closed off to everybody else around. But if I'm alone, I'm like, oh, what's that person doing over there? Oh, oh, we, I heard them say like, they just went to this great spot. Like maybe I should ask them about it. You know, like you're more open or like I'll sit at the bar. That's one of my number one, like solo travel tips. Sit at the bar, even if you're not like getting a drink, like you can eat at the bar. And always ask like the bartenders and like the the servers, like, where do they hang out? Like, where do the locals go? Or like, maybe you happen to sit next to somebody that like is also traveling by themselves and they'll be like, oh, like, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. Like, that's where I feel like I always get the best tips. So, um, and like, then you can meet people. Right. And then you're not actually like alone. So, um, but if, if I were going with you again, I wouldn't sit at the bar I'd sit at the table. And then we'd be closed off to all those other, like, experiences that are kind of like happy accidents I almost call them you know like just serendipitous where you just happen to meet someone and then maybe they're your travel buddy for a couple Mm -hmm. days um so yeah Uh, I agree even even I have I backpacked with a girlfriend in Thailand for six weeks and we only booked one night and we're like we want the rest of the whole trip to just be whatever the universe wants us to have out of the trip right And so I think even setting that intention, which a lot of people don't do, right? They think, well, I have time off. I have to line it all up and I can't leave it to chance, which it kind of destroys where all the, the magic lives. Magic. Um, Yeah. But then we often sat at the bar and it was like, you know, we would be talking, but then we'd be talking to the bartender and people would come up. And even if we're just eating and then we're like, oh, you know, pass me that sauce. What is that sauce? Like we were really good at like bringing others into our conversation and our space. But I also think it really was because that was our, what our intention was. Like we, we wanted to be able to move through the country in a different way and be open to seeing whatever, whatever doors open. Um, so I think even if people are nervous about traveling by themselves, having a travel companion who has the same like idea of travel as you is also really important because it's going to be really hard when the one person says, yeah, um, 
you know, we have a truck, you want to hop in the back, we're heading to my parents ranch and you can like stay there for three days and your other friend is like no I really wanted to see the museum and I don't like trucks and those are strangers it's gonna get ruined (laughs) you know like you kind of have to be on the same trajectory if you are traveling with someone but um yeah I love that solo travel just the only person you're checking in with is yourself and you're like does this sound fun does this sound reasonably safe (laughs) let's go for it (laughs) Totally. Totally. And, um, so I don't know, maybe you're like an eat, pray, love fan. I don't remember exactly like what the quote is in the movie at the end or something, but something about like, if you're able to like travel and, and like go to all these places and open yourself up and regard all of these different people as like your guides and your teachers through, you're, you're going to get so much more out of it. So it's like, if the universe brings like somebody into my life to like, talk to me, I always try to be open to it. So, and like, learn something from every person I meet, you know, whether it's another traveler or it's someone that's local, or I totally like, don't agree with like what they're saying, you know, you just like listen and absorb and like, try to get something out of it. And I think if you just regard everything as like an opportunity versus like, that wasn't what the plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where all the magic lies. In travel. Yeah. I remember a, a moment in Guatemala and I went to a tea shop and it was like, you could pick all the herbs. They told you, you know, what they were used for kind of medicinally or um, just what flavors go together. And you made your own blend. And the woman that was leading it spoke some English And then the owner of the tea shop came in and she's like, oh, I'm so glad he's here. You'll want to meet him. You speak Spanish, right? And I was like, yes, (laughs) like I do and I don't. And he spoke not a word of English, but I ended up at the tea shop for like three and a half hours speaking the best I could, him showing me this website, telling me about this women's cooperative that he worked with, this project his son was doing. And by the end, like he sent me this email telling me like how serendipitous the connection was and what it meant to meet someone coming to Guatemala who wanted to see the country that way. And it's, you know, if I had had any of those like instinctive filters of like, I don't really speak Spanish that well. I'm only supposed to be here for an hour. I'm supposed to be doing this tour. And I didn't just keep like saying, okay, yes. Like, like you said, like that whole trip, I felt like the universe kind of kept saying, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. So by that point, I was really like waiting for the next thing. But also I I had to just have that mindset of, this is how I want to connect with the destination. And then, you know, it just brought all of this other richness into the experience. So I think, like you said, just how you, how you approach it and, and, and what you, what you are open to receiving when you travel creates a lot of that as well. And you just said something so important. You said that you just kept saying yes. And I feel like there's like a book, like the year of yes or, or something like that. Um, but just like the idea of just spending, whether it's like a couple hours or a couple days or a day or a week or a trip, whatever it is, and just focusing on saying yes, as long as it's safe and like within reason, all of those things, um, reasonably safe. Right. I like that we both say reasonably because we know that we've not done safe things. Totally. Um, just like opening up yourself and saying yes to things that are outside of your comfort zone. That's, you know, that's how you, that's how you make your comfort zone bigger. Like I remember like when I used to go to camp, they would put like a, like draw a circle in the dirt or like put a hula hoop down or something like that. And they'd be like, okay, get inside. This is your circle of comfort. Don't step outside this is like where you should be. You should be outside of it. And then guess what? That's going to make your circle of comfort. Now, eventually it'll be, you know, outside here and it'll be bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think like that visual has always stuck with me as an adult is like, okay, if I just do this one little thing that I don't feel comfortable with, all of a sudden it's like not scary anymore. And then you feel comfortable doing that. So then you can step out and then that's comfortable. 
so it's like, you know, maybe that first thing was going on a trip to London by myself, which I mean, I would do at the drop of a hat now, of course, but that seemed scary back then or like a little, a little, I was a little nervous. Now it's like, I'll go to the ends of the earth by myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that that's like a good way to look at things. It's just saying, yeah. Yeah. And it's flexing a muscle, right. That you haven't used. And it's, you just, you just, like you said, you just have to keep growing into it and you find yourself saying yes to the thing. And then you're like halfway through the thing and you're like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't like all of your boundaries start getting pushed and you find yourself resisting. And then you get to the other side of it and you're like, what? I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) And then I can definitely do the next thing. And you go through the same process over and over, but at the end, it's just, it's so cool to see. I love kind of taking a picture of myself at the beginning of a trip and at the end and being like there, you were, this is not the same two people. And Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just, I think that's where, where travel, if we use it in that way, is just this exceptional gift. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned going to London by yourself. For people that are interested in solo travel, what would be a good destination or type of experience that's kind of like a gateway solo travel experience where, where people might be able to kind of ease into it? Okay, so I think it depends on like where your comfort level is, right? So my first thing that comes to mind is like Thailand and like places that, you know, somebody might be like, whoa, hang on, Thailand. I've never left like my city. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if you're, let's start there, like let's start bigger and like work your way back. Um, Thailand's great for solo female travel because you can like always meet other people. There's always, you know, backpackers and travelers and and it's super safe. And um, I think it's a place that you can feel really comfortable. And if you decide you don't like solo travel, it's also a place that's really cheap. So you didn't like waste a ton of money, like doing things you didn't, you know, uh, necessarily enjoy. Um, but like, if we're backtracking a little bit and we're going to like bring it back in, like obviously like Europe's easy, like Italy, all of those places where you can find other travelers. And, um, but then bringing it in, in even more, a lot of the things that I notice about solo travelers, especially women, um, one of their hangups is like, I don't feel comfortable like being by myself, like I'm self-conscious. So go to like New York city and start there because everybody's busy. Everybody's doing their own thing. They don't ever, everybody's fast paced. And chances are like everybody else is eating alone on their lunch break or, you know, all, isn't they're just not going to notice that you're by yourself like it's a big city you're kind of anonymous and all of those things so I think um that's like a good place to start too and then like bringing that in even further (laughs) taking yourself out to lunch or like going to a movie or like going on a weekend trip or a day trip to a city nearby like just to feel comfortable being alone before you kind of like step out and go further and go outside of the country um I think those are good I wouldn't say those are good like trips. I'd call them like exercises. Like that's a good exercise to like exercise stepping outside of your comfort zone and seeing like you are capable of reading a map and like getting to places on your own and like not being babysat by like a tour group and and all of those things. Um, Also, you know, like that's why I run my trips. It's joining a group trip, maybe to go really far away for the first time and then extending your trip and staying a couple extra days, that's a great way to see like what you're actually capable of. And you'll come home and be like, Oh, I can go anywhere by myself. So like, um, we were just talking about Jordan and like, we're both running group trips and stuff to Jordan. So it's like, if I had a traveler coming on that trip that like maybe never left their hometown, (laughs) um, and you know, they're, they're like on that trip, I would encourage them like stay an extra day by yourself because by the end of it, you're going to feel so comfortable in that area that going out to like the market or, um, like doing something on your own after doing a group trip, you're going to feel not too far outside of your comfort zone. You're going to get, go home and be like, wow, I was like in this place by myself and like, I did it. So I think that that's a great opportunity too. And that's why when I do like my TTG trips, they're all the places that travelers like might not feel comfortable going on their own. Um, so we do like Turkey and Jordan and, um, we're doing Peru and Cambodia. And those are places that 
are super safe, but sound intimidating if you've never been there. So um, my whole goal is to like bring people to these places to show them all my favorite places, but also be like, okay, like see, you can do it on your own and like make little, of course I want them to come back and like join all my trips um, because they're fun. But at the end of the day, I want to make little solo travelers out of all of these people because I know they're capable. Yeah. And even joining for some people, just joining a group chip by yourself feels like that huge first step and it can be a way because you you don't have anyone else with you that is kind of a crutch to rely upon and you will have to immediately engage with the group of travelers um but I also I love that idea of extending and I usually try to do that anyway but thinking about that as this tool for growth and solo travel I love this is kind of like getting your solo travel training wheels or whatever that we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) and um New York was very much like that for me I went there for a business trip and I went through all of those internal conversations of like I can't believe I have to go eat by myself oh my gosh I'm going to be I want to go to see a, a Broadway show I have to go by myself and then like I just kept doing the things and like you said no no one cares no one sees you they're doing so many things it's all in your head and then you've done it and you're like then you're like, oh, I've, I've eaten out in Manhattan. I'm fine. I can go, I can do all these things now and just kind of breaking down those barriers in your own mind. Absolutely. And you know, it's so funny because for me, I just kind of had that feeling again for the first time in a long time. Um, so just like background on me or like quick, like I went to school in South Carolina. So like I would have to drive like, and I was from New York, I'd drive like 15 hours by myself. I'd have to stay at a hotel by myself, like to get to school. And like, you know, I'd eat dinner at like nearby at a bar. Like obviously I wasn't drinking under 21, but you know, I'd be like sitting at the bar having like dinner and it'd be like all these businessmen or like, you know, things like that, where it was like, I was And I kind of just felt like I was like, I felt like a, like an adult, you know, like doing, like, I was like, oh, I'm like doing all these things by myself. And like, I'm still in college and like, I'm so, you know, I felt like, but it was like a little, I'd say like maybe intimidating at first, but like, I also lived like right outside of New York city. So I would, if like my mom didn't want to go to the city and go shopping with me, guess what? I was going by myself. And so I think like I gradually grew into it at such a young age that for me, I'm like, just go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. with COVID and everything, I just like, I think it's so good for me to like feel that way again, because it helps me relate to like my audience and like really and like have this conversation. Right. And like kind of start back at the beginning, but with COVID, I was like booking that trip to Jordan. And I was like, oh, I'm like a little nervous again. Like I haven't been anywhere in so long. Like what if I forgot how to be a good traveler? And you know, all of these, um, like all of those same sort of feelings. And I was like, Oh, it's going to be a really long flight. Like I haven't been on a, you know, it was like 24 hours of travel or whatever. I was like, I haven't flown that long in so long. Like, am I still going to, cause I'll get on, you know, 36 hour travel day. I'm like, whatever, you know, just, you just manage and it's not a big deal. But when you haven't done it before, you haven't done it in a really long time, all those feelings start coming back. And then with COVID, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to, I wished I had stayed longer, but I got, before I got there, I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to do it in like a week because I'm not going to have anybody to talk to because of COVID. I'm going to have to stay socially distant and like, I'm not going to make friends like I normally would. Like all of these, like, I was like, oh, what if I'm like bored by myself or what if I'm lonely or this or that? Lonely. I've been sitting in my apartment by myself for like three months, (laughs) you know, prior to that. So it was, it I felt all those things. So just because, um, you know, just because you and I like do it by like by ourselves all the time and go to the ends of the earth doesn't mean that like we feel comfortable every single time either. And sometimes I can dismiss things. I'm like, just go. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's like, it really is just go because all of those things, as soon as you like you've been on a plane before, like you get on the plane, it's no different. You're just going a little bit further. And then it's like, you land, it's like, all right, like, you know, you can figure it out and and manage. And that's really not that it's not that hard. It just seems like when you're looking at the full picture, it seems really intimidating. But if you just take it going back to what we were saying before, 
little bite-sized pieces at a time, it's, it's easy. Yeah. But yeah, it's easy to feel that like scared feeling again. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really thought about COVID and solo travel and the, the thinking about like, what will interaction look like in that space? So that was uh, interesting for you to bring that up in that context, because I totally hadn't been thinking about it. I'm only thinking about how to stay separate, not like how to get connected. <laughs> right. And it's, you know, to be honest, it's like, it's like nerve wracking, you know, was nerve wracking. I'm vaccinated now. So the only thing I'm worried about is like maybe being asymptomatic and like not being able to get home, <laughs> you know, like failing a test. <laughs> But, um, you know, it was like nerve wracking, I'd say at first, because you want to connect with people, but like, you're also like, you need to stay six feet away. (laughs) So it's just trying to like, if you did meet people, it's like, okay, like what's their, like, how safe have they been? Like, you know, like, do I feel like comfortable being around this person and, and things like that. But fortunately those things are finally falling by the wayside just a little bit. Yeah. Um, You mentioned at the beginning of your conversation, kind of how you traveled with your parents. And then I know you have the motto of travel like a local, and we've kind of dabbled in that. But what what does that mean for you? And what does that add to your travel experiences when you have that intention to travel like a local? So I think as human beings, we all like to have something that nobody else has. It's just like innate in our DNA. So I think having that experience that not every person has had just feels special. It feels not only is it like, I love connecting with the locals and learning and like, that's my thing. And like, that's fun for me, but it's also, it's mine and it's only mine. And like, you can't take that moment or have it. And like all of those, like those kinds of feelings resonate for me when I do get more off the beaten path and connect with the locals versus like, so if we sit down and you're like, yeah, I've been to the Eiffel tower too. I'm like, oh yeah. So like, now I feel like, oh, everybody's had that experience. Right. And it's great. And I think you should go, but it's like, if I'm like, oh, like I went to this little like hole in the wall and it had the best, like whatever. Right. French onion soup, <laughs> which is just onion soup there, but like whatever it is, right? And I'm like, oh, and like hanging out with the owners all night. Like we shut the place down and it was so fun. And like, you definitely got to go to this place and like next time you're in town and like go experience this one thing. It's, it's like yours and it's you kind of it's special and it's memorable. And those are the things that it's the experiences, not like stuff that we really remember. Right. So it's kind of the same thing when you're going to like touristy places, you're like, wow, yeah. Like the tour of, you know, the Coliseum was really cool and it was great. And I'm still, I've waited my whole life to see it. I'm so glad I got to see it. But like the really memorable things are like shutting down the restaurant with like a bunch of Italians and like singing and like you know like like those are the things that I remember like doing like karaoke in like the middle of a restaurant with like the bar staff after like the place is closed you know or um rolling a cigar with the like guy that does the I don't even know what it's called the cutting down of the the thing of the leaves and the you know like going in the back like down the dark alley kind of like getting that local experience that like sometimes like blue collar kind of like so um that's like why I do it um I just totally like went on it I digress no you're fine completely (laughs) but those are the things that like make travel so special to me so Um, but what getting off the beaten path, like, looks like it could look like, like I said, like going way out of your comfort zone, like to the, the ends of, okay. So I stayed at a, um, couple hours outside of Siem Reap, which is where Angkor Wat is for anybody that hasn't been to Cambodia. It's like the main touristy area, but like a few hours drive outside of there, I like stayed in a traditional like Khmer home. Like we could like not really communicate without our driver um, with the family and things like that. Those are the things that like, are like super off the beaten path. 
but you can also have that beat off the beaten path experience just by going like one or two streets over from the touristy destiny. Like, let's say you're in Times Square, right? Like, let's just use that as an example. Just go like, go walk, like walk a mile, but like walk a couple streets over, like walk down the the smaller streets that are more like alleys and like things like that. And that's where you're going to find like the hidden gems and you'll kind of just absorb more and like duck and you'll be like, Oh, that place looks cool. I'm going to go in there. And that's kind of how you find more local experiences. Like you're not going to go to off, like getting off the beaten path is like, you're you go to New York city, you're not going to go eat at like Bubba Gump shrimp in Times Square. You're going to go find like, where do the locals hang out? Like, where is it that like, what's like the, their cheers, right? So those are, those are like the reasons I like to get off the beam path. And yeah, it's also yeah. like a challenge. You get to feel like you live there for a minute, right? Instead of just being a guest in a destination, having this experience that's already been curated for you, which is all the things that are on you the know, flyer <laughs> that you get at the airport or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about, I thought I, I read a, must have been a blog that you wrote because it was literally like go the next street over. But it reminded me of being when I lived in San Francisco and I kept taking people to Chinatown because they wanted to go to Chinatown. And then one day we were looking for something and they're like, oh, go over here and they'll have it. And we went like the next street over and it was actually like Chinatown like it was like the people who lived there and shopped there and actually bought the, the goods that come in for like the main right not the tourist yeah. shop but it was like where the people lived and I, it was literally like being transported to another country and it was amazing and after that experience I was always like okay this is the thing they think I want and need to see and like the thing that's really cool is just right there <laughs> like just just like walk over, just be curious totally. again, kind of like being curious and saying yes and, and trying to see what else is there and, and getting lost. I also just read another book um, about a traveler and she was like, remember getting lost all the time with her father when she was young and traveling and how that was the best experiences. And she was like, how do I just go and travel and intentionally kind of get lost. It's so funny that you say that. Cause that's how I, I'm just thinking about like all of these things that I do that I don't even think about. Like when I first started driving, I didn't know my roads in my own town outside of like, you know, the main, you don't pay attention when you're a passenger. So I like intentionally went and got lost and found my way home. And that was like how I was like, oh, like here's all the shortcuts, you know? <laughs> like that was where I like figured out like the map. And um, you, another thing I do is like you talked about, you needed the one thing and it happened to be a street over. I'll like, when I'm going to a destination, like let's say we're going to, um, we're going to Rome. I want the best cappuccino and the best tiramisu right? So maybe one is here on a map and the other one's like a mile and a half away, right? So I'm like, oh, maybe, okay, I've got my two anchor points. So you find those things you really want to do or, you know, the thing you read on the blog and you get your like two anchor points and then you like walk between them. You find a couple places that are like, oh, they're actually not that far away. Or maybe I want to go to the Tiramisu place. So I'll just like spend a little extra time after and explore the area and wander around. And, and that's another great way to get off the beaten path. Right. It's like, maybe that place that you're going to isn't in a super touristy area. So you can like walk around and just kind of get lost, so to speak. And then, you know, you can always leave whenever. So you're not actually ever lost. lost. Yeah. yeah. And these <laughs> so, days too, you can always pull out your phone and like find your way unless you're like me. And I was in Guatemala trying to find in Antigua, trying to find the, the arch that everybody goes to. Right. But I got up really early. I went at like five in the morning and there was hardly anyone out on the streets. And I realized like I had looked at my phone and then looked at the route, but I didn't realize it had given me the driving route 
instead of the walking route. And there's all these one-way streets. So the, the driving route was completely nowhere what I needed to be walking. And I kept like going. And then I thought I was going where I would want to go. And I'd look at my phone again and put it away. And it was like, no, this way. And I'm like, what? I'm sure it's over here, but it keeps telling me I have to go here. And I kept walking by this church and walking by this church and walking by this church and a market was getting set up on the stairs and I'd see more people and I'd just like smile and then walk again. And then more people would come and I would just like, yeah, I definitely want to keep walking in circles. It's what I'm intending to do and um but then I ended up seeing like how this whole market got set up and the community started gathering and then I eventually figured out what I was doing wrong and made my way to the arch and um but I had all these other experiences that dotted it versus if I did just walked the straight line that was from my hotel to the scenic spot um, yeah, I just got to see so much. And then like the, the area, and then I you're like, Oh, uh, maybe I should go back to that market tomorrow morning. Yeah. Or, like, carve out time. Like, that's when you like discover things that you're like, Oh, wait, I'm going to save that spot. I need to go back. Yeah. To. It just, yeah. It's just so cool to get lost like that and just kind of see where you go. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I think there's like something special in this day and age too, about getting lost yeah. because you don't really get lost anymore. Right. With, with all of our technology and all of that. So, I mean, even when I was in Cuba the first time, like before there was really Wi-Fi and where um, you had a paper map. And so, or like in Myanmar, in Bagan, like all the maps were like paper and like I didn't have Wi-Fi or any like service or whatever at the time, the first time I went. And those are like two places that I can like distinctively remember, like having an idea of where I was, but still being lost. And that to me is like fun <laughs> because there, anytime you're anywhere, you can pull out your phone and boom, there you are. Then you know exactly where you are, where you're going, where you went wrong. But there's something, there's some sort of magic, I think in 2021 of getting lost that, yeah. you know. It's I, I really want to guide a trip and be like no cell phones or like maybe I put them in a bag. You can have them for like an hour if you really need to check in in the evenings or something, but like try because traveling that way used to be so fun and where you had to find an internet cafe and hope it was working. And then you could maybe, maybe email somebody and be like, Hey, I know it's been three weeks, but just want to let you know, like I'm good <laughs> and then hope they get the message. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was, there, there's always something about like being able to like kind of go back in time like that. Uh, like when I was in Cuba, I happened to know somebody that was shooting something for me that I had like hired right before I left, um, happened to be there at the same time. And this was like way before, like, again, like this was a long time ago and <laughs> we didn't have a way to like call each other or anything, but she knew where I was staying. So she'd like leave notes at the hotel. <laughs> Like, like, Hey, if you want to meet up, like, I'm going to be here at such and such, a, I'm going to be at like such and such a place at such and such a time. And I'd come in, they'd be like, Oh, Valerie, you have a, you have a note. For your friend. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think those things are, are just special and um, things you don't get to do that much anymore. So. Yeah, I agree. It's funny to like already think back to the golden age of travel or something, but <laughs> <laughs> dating yourself. Um, well, I, I feel like I got to ask you all of the questions that I really had on my list, but for people who want to reach out and follow you, learn about your trip to Jordan, see where you're headed next, where do they find you? Yeah, we've got, I've got a big, I've got a big trip coming up that I'm really excited about, but per usual, I probably like won't announce it until I'm there. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Trusted Travel Girl, Facebook, Trusted Travel Girl, um, YouTube, it's trust, trusted travel. Sorry. <laughs> no girl on the end of that one. Um, and of course my website, trustedtravelgirl.com. But yeah, like if you're on social, which you are, cause you're on Facebook right now, <laughs> pop over, say hello. And, um, yeah, I look forward to, um, connecting with, with all of the solo, travelers out there want to be solo travelers and happy to always give any advice or encouragement. Excellent. Um, to end the conversation, I just have a series of seven rapid fire questions. So we'll walk through those to, to end 
end our discussion. Um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or an adventure? Oh, I'm just going to say Eat, Pray, Love, because that was like the one that I was like, that's it. I'm traveling. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know it's like cliche. But. No, it's good. Have you read it again since you have traveled or since you've gotten older? Because I've read it like 10 years apart or 15 years apart. And I'm like, wow, it's such a different book now, but it's still so good. <laughs> parts of it, parts of it. And it's like less, less like, it seemed like such a big deal that she did that. And now I'm like, oh, that seems right. Yeah. <laughs> it feels kind of like more comforting now. Right. Like it's not a call to adventure, yeah. but it's like, a, I love that feeling or whatever. It's like a, there's other people now it's like a, there's a, other people like me kind of yeah. feeling. Yeah. Uh, what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? Noise canceling headphones. <laughs> Those are good. Uh, what has been your favorite destination? That's just a mean question. Um, <laughs> Myanmar. Yeah. Uh, where do you still long to visit? And it's a mean question because I can't always pick. This I know one, it's just impossible. To for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you still long to visit? Where I'm going next month, which is um, I'm going on a safari. That's <laughs> 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 like the one thing I've. You're like I'm leaking it here. Yay. <laughs> um, let's see. What do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've been? Oh, anything Thai, like um, just Thai food, like good Thai food, local Thai. That was my favorite thing about being in Thailand was what shall I eat today? Oh, thai food. Like it was yeah. never enough. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I'll be gone from Thailand for like a week and I'll already like a week later, I'll already be like at the Thai restaurants here in LA. Like, oh, I need it. <laughs> Uh, who is the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? Like someone in my real life or, yeah, or whomever. I mean, the only person that comes to mind is Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. I can't like, and Andrew Zimmern from Bizarre Foods, because I was like this guy and I, I love him, but I was like, this guy can like do all these things and go to all these local places. I can do that. <laughs> Um, so yeah. Anthony gets a lot of shout outs in this space. So. I'm sure. Yeah. I was like, I can't not like, yeah, yeah. that's just, he was always like my person. Yeah. So. And that way of traveling, right. which I think we both relate to is just like so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I can't like not say this anymore. <laughs> uh, if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real alive or past, who would it be? Oh, that's definitely Tony. <laughs> definitely, definitely Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation and it was definitely worth wait. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And your questions were really amazing. And it was really fun to just, um, you know, as we chatted, I feel like we both were like, oh yeah, like here's like some tips that like we don't usually, like, I think that's the fun part of having a conversation about travel and solo travel is um, you kind of don't realize what you do and like how, like the steps, like how you get there. So it's just been really fun to banter about like how to, how to get off the beam path or like how to be a solo traveler, what it's like to step outside your comfort zone and like all those things. So I've really appreciated the conversation and I, um, yeah, I thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find The Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. 
You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.